2: Tennis Direct are Australia's favourite online tennis store with fast delivery and great prices. Free delivery on orders over $150. Just visit their website, tennisdirect.com.au and you can get a 10% discount store-wide. Just use the promo code FIRSTSERV10. That's FIRSTSERV10.
3: From the grassroots to the elite, from the juniors to the pros, covering the Aussies trekking the globes to the champions internationally welcome to the first serve your home of tennis thanks to glg green life group your open space specialists glg celebrating 25 years of industry expertise and exceptional service find out more at glgcorp.com
2: Welcome to The First Serve. Absolutely magnificent to have you along on this uh, Monday night. Brett Phillips uh, coming to you from our Melbourne ISO hub. It's getting a little better. Night two of the French Open, about to get underway in beautiful Paris. Well, maybe not so beautiful Paris at this time of the year. As always, happy to take your calls at your show tonight. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 or on the text 0433 98 1116. Despite the fact that on my debut trip to Roland Garros last year, coinciding with an Aussie Grand Slam victory, they say timing is everything, where I had my runners taken from my hotel room, a hotel where no-one spoke English, lost my wallet, that was self-inflicted, that one, only to get it back two days later, but after spending hours on the phone cancelling cards, organising emergency cash. I was genuinely looking forward to getting back to Paris this year, but perhaps not in late September, early October. For those of you that tuned in at the start of play last night, the Grand Slam with the Sunday start, you got a dose of the new court, uh, the new roof on uh, Philippe Chatrier. It'll be very much needed across uh, the next fortnight. And generally speaking, non-French Open conditions on the outside courts with no protection, misty, continuous rain for a big part. Uh, Lucky being on the clay where play can ...continue for a suitable period. Uh, the wind is um, certainly more pronounced. Much heavier conditions. The adjustment to the Wilson ball debuting on the clay... ...replacing the lighter uh, Babolat ball. Uh, money certainly doing the talking in that change-up. Only 1,000 spectators let in on the grounds of Roland Garros. The FFT was desperate to sell more tickets. 160 million euros for the refurb of their centre court... The wash-up for the FFT is going to be really interesting. The players, well, they just got on with it. They want to do their job and, and work. We only saw, really, the two-time major champion and, and recent US Open runner-up, Victoria Asarenka, arc up about the playing conditions after three games. Successfully lobbied to leave the court for around 45 minutes. Rain forecast right throughout this week. So today, 16, Tuesday, 19, Wednesday, 21, Thursday, 16, Friday, 16, Saturday, 14, and Sunday, Sixteen. You can weigh in what you observed on day one. Love your calls tonight. 1-300-736-736. The good, the bad and the ugly. Now to the on-court action, all thanks to Yonex, who have launched their Naomi Osaka LTD Edition E-Zone rackets, as used by Naomi at the recent US Open. Limited release, limited number available. So... You just need to check in with your local Yonex dealer. Six Aussies crossed the chalk on day one. Two are going to continue their journey into round two. Very nice work, Astra Sharma. She served big in the qualies despite not getting through, took the lucky loser spot, defeats Blinkova, the Russian at 58 in the world, Astra at 134, her second Grand Slam main draw victory after her win at the 2019 Australian Open. So close in that first round of the US Open, losing 7-6 in the third to the seeded Diana Yastrymska from Ukraine. For this bunch of Australian girls ranked between 100 and around that 130 mark, I mean, these are huge opportunities to make progress. Winning Grand Slam matches. Next, Astro will take on the 27th seed, Ekaterina Alexandrova. Daria Gavrilova. Back on court, a year out. A great return to Grand Slam tennis for the former world number 20. Using a protected ranking because of her inactivity, her ranking had slumped all the way down to about 800 in the world. Her tune up for the French was an ITF event in the last week, coming through qualities to make the quarterfinals. And that winning feeling again, game rolling into Roland Garros in the very early hours of this morning Australian time when she defeated Astra Sharma's conqueror at the US Open, Diana Yastrymska, 6-4, 6-3. So next, she's going to take on Eugenie Bouchard, who's having a resurgence herself from the wilderness, making the clay court final in Istanbul in the lead-in. Nicole Pratt... Knows our two day one winners extremely well The former Australian player 19 years on the tour herself She's headed up Australian women's tennis for a few years now We'll chat about a change in role for Nicole Heading into 2021 But first covering off the two W's from day one at Roland Garros So Prady, great to have you back on the show
1: Thanks Brett, great to be back As you said, it was a fantastic result uh, last night for, for Astra and Dash and, you know, a couple of the guys didn't get through and and Tom Lanovich lost a tough match
2: against Sakari. certainly had her chances in the second set, but just for Daria, I mean... You've you've obviously known her really well. I mean you coached her for quite some time and then, you know, involved in your a broad role heading up Australian women's tennis. She's done it pretty tough. I mean she's kept us entertained. Why would anyone want to get rid of TikTok is beyond me. I mean, Daria Gavrilova has put a smile on my face, let me tell you. Uh, during COVID. Uh, she would have been back earlier if we had have had the tennis season resuming a lot earlier, but she had some feet issues. She needs those wheels. David Taylor was going to take the reins last year and that obviously didn't fully eventuate. She's back. She played a little ITF last week, uh, did nicely. And I mean, she is one of the most competitive human beings going around. She hates losing anything, Nicole.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's one of uh, Dasha's greatest qualities is her competitiveness and her grit. Uh, I think she just lost a little bit of that desire and, and the hunger that she'd had when she was up around her highest ranking and that was sort of born out of injury more than anything else so the time away has given us some great perspective. Uh, for me personally, I've really enjoyed actually working back with Dasha when she's been back here in Melbourne uh, all through the COVID period. So yeah, I'm really pleased for her and, and especially the team, you know, the strength and conditioning coach Gabriel from Argentina and, and Melanie Omidolo, who's been Dasher's longtime physiotherapist. So it's really pleasing to, to see that and, and she was certainly excited.
2: So what do you expect to see from Daria, what you observed in the first round and what, what do we expect from Dasha, sort of in her second incarnation, if you like. I mean she's still obviously, you know, got a lot of time in her tennis career and, you know, she's settled in Melbourne, she's made Australia her home, she's probably like a lot of tennis players, she's had a good chance to think about everything in the last six months and where she wants to go, and she's super competitive and wants to make the most of her tennis career, but the game keeps evolving, and we know the women's game has become extremely competitive, there is so much talent inside that top 100, what's she capable, do you think, of getting back to?
1: I think it's going to be just a step-by-step process for Dasha. I mean, she's coming from a long way back in regards to the rankings, but will have a protected ranking that's going to allow her entry into about 10, 10 events on the WTA Tour. And then hopefully, you know, she might be fortunate enough with some um, wild cards uh, during the Australian summer. And, you yeah, know, movement for her is about is the most important thing. So she yep. needs to stay healthy. Uh, she's evolved in regards to we've done a lot of work on her back end. And that was an area that uh, people were looking to take advantage of. And I feel like the work that she's done, it's really improved. And her serve probably let her down over the last mm-hmm. 12 months. And that's an area that also she spent a lot of time and, and work and, and she's feeling really confident with that. So. Step by step, Uh, she is one of the best movers, competitors out there when she's in the right frame of mind and I just hope she can keep sort of that consistency and and that newfound
2: maturity. Yeah, well, watch uh, the second round, uh, Bouchard. I mean, she's been in the wilderness for a little while and popped back up and, of course, has been in the top five of women's tennis. So that should be a fascinating match to look at. Uh, Astra Sharma, I'm a big fan of Astra. I mean, I, I, I love talking to her. She's articulate. She's got a tennis brain. She's, uh, you know, just been building and building and had that college experience developing a little later. Then we've got, you know, young Alexander Vukic about to hit the court in in Paris, 24, making his first slam. So everyone develops a, a different rate. But, you know, with that tough first-round loss at the US Open, she was so close. I mean, I, I sort of mentioned off the top, how important these Grand Slams are now, particularly for our Australian women who have got to a really good level just in or around the top 100, but needing to start to win a few Grand Slam matches to really get that progression going.
1: Absolutely, and I think winning those matches and slams is going to instil a self-belief that maybe some of our players around that ranking have been lacking. Mm. But going back to Astra... She's had quite the journey. She has had a different pathway, as you mentioned, the US college system. And we're really proud of the the athletes that have come through that system. We believe in it. Athletes, different athletes take longer to to mature and and find, you know, their sense of what's going to make them successful out on tour. And, And Astra is just such a fantastic worker. Very articulate, as you said. She's a student of the game, and and there's so much potential there. She hasn't really even—I don't think she's really tapped into what is possible. And she's been doing some work with David Taylor, who, you know, one of the best coaches in the world. So she's really got uh, some some great advice, and and great she got in Lucky Loser, and she's making the most of it.
2: Yes, LL can have its uh, benefits, no doubt about that. Prady, on to you. This has been a a really tough year for all of us here in Melbourne and the uncertainty of... This whole COVID period, and obviously it's affected you know a lot of people at Tennis Australia that has made Tennis Australia look at the organisation. You're going to be charged with developing more female coaches. You're moving into a, a bit of a different area. Can you take me inside the change that's happened?
1: Yes, I'm going to be involved in uh, females in tennis. So this is part of the, the well Tennis Australia's initiative, but also aligning aligning with the with the federal government funding. And the vision is more getting more women and girls and playing tennis and specifically I'll be charged with you know, the current uh, Tennis Australia coach development team. Andrea Buckridge has been working this space and Belinda Culinary for, for many, many years. So I'll be looking to assist them and growing the amount of coaches that we have in, in the community and looking to provide female, more female content and making, I guess, coaching in tennis a really compelling career option. Uh, for a lot of females out there, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. it. It will be a different challenge. I I still will be working with the Australian female senior team as uh, national teams coach, so I'll certainly still have my uh, my hand and my eye within performance. And yeah, I'm hoping to impact and support as as many female coaches and and future leaders in our sport.
2: Just a snapshot, uh, pretty of where that is at. I mean, just in terms of volume, we've got a lot of coaches in Australia. What would be the percentage off the top of your head, I apologise, question without notice, but, you know, male to female sort of coach ratio here in this country?
1: Actually, I can answer it because I've been looking into it, doing my doing my research. But basically, our training coaches, we're, we're almost a 50-50 split. I think it's yep. 45% females and 55% males, so pretty close to even. Uh, and then when you go into the qualifications being uh, junior development, club pro, High performance coaching, then master club pro pretty much drops off to 20% females mm. and 80% male. So it's, it's a very large gap and, and we're obviously looking to, to close that gap.
2: Well, watch that with uh, great interest. You just mentioned you're still going to be involved with the Fed Cup team, which is outstanding. And obviously the new format didn't take off uh, this year, but hopefully we'll um, get underway in Budapest in April of next year. The change to the, the Billie Jean King Cup, what do you make of it? Do you like it? Well,
1: it's a mouthful because now I have to say I'm the Billie Jean King (laughs) Cup coach and I'm having a joke with Alicia Mollick actually and, you know, I said try and say that two times fast. Two times over and over, and, yeah, it's a tongue twister. Uh, But, no, you know, we're very much looking forward to the Fed Cup next year. We believe we've got a fantastic team in the number one player in the world, Ash Barty, Tom Linovich, Dash is back, Sam Stoth is still looking to continue in in 2021, and we lost in the final last year. It's extremely... Uh, disappointing, but uh, we've got some unfinished business and I certainly can't wait to, to next year to get that opportunity to be amongst it again. Uh, within the team, team's
2: event. Yeah, fingers crossed uh, we can get back to a, a tennis uh, normal of uh, some sorts. Uh, pretty well done on the new role. We'll touch base on that a little bit further as you get the feet under the desk and switch uh, desks at uh, Tennis Australia. But as you said, you've still got an eye and an ear in performance as well and uh, a huge part of uh, that uh, TA space. Really appreciate you coming on the show tonight.
1: Thanks, Brett. And I just, you know, I do want to recognise all the coaches out in the communities especially in Victoria, it really has been a tough time for all and and I know, you know, the coaches are missing being out on court, the players are missing it and um, yeah, so hopefully things will be back soon but certainly uh, can empathise with
4: with
2: where they're at. Yeah, fingers crossed. More on that uh, shortly. We're going to touch base with Tennis Victoria. Nicole Pratt joining us uh, off the top of the show tonight just to uh, give us uh, her thoughts on Daria Gavrilova and also Astra Sharma and her new role at uh, TA. We had an exiting uh, quartet on the opening day. Alex Dimonor, after his uh, best major result making the quarters of the US Open, uh, crashed at 7-6 had set points in the first. 6-4-6 six, six, love. Rare you see a bagel against the demon's name to uh, Cicinato, the Italian who had beaten him on clay before despite the demon going in with that 3-1 head-to-head. He had set points as I said but bitterly disappointed uh, dropping away so drastically in the uh, third set. A young man who just hates losing. We love that. Uh, Jordan Thompson fourth round US Open. Also couldn't back up totally. our play by the Moldovan Radu Elbot. He's a great story in himself. 6-2-6-4-6-1 six, 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 with a, a Bagel first set, had chances to win the second to force a third, couldn't grab that chance, Out in straight to Maria Sakari, who's got the shoulders and the biceps of Sam Stozer, she's impressive good young coach in Tom Hill, Madison Inglis uh, still looking for that breakthrough major win now, 0-3 going out in straight sets. On the menu tonight, three Aussies about to launch on the clay or Alexander Vukic, qualifying for his first major, he's 24, born in Sydney, been a gradual climb via the college pathway, at the University of Illinois made his main draw, ATP. Singles debut at the 2018 Sydney International, where he came within two points of knocking out the Spaniard Feliciano Lopez, who was ranked 36 at the time. In January this year, he actually reached the final round of qualifying at the Australian Open, uh, right here and now, into the main draw of a slam. Ranked 193, his opponent tonight, qualifier Pedro Martinez of Spain, is ranked 105. So, watch quite a few of his matches on the ATP Challenger Tour. He's got some firepower, can serve big, it's a really good story, we'll follow it closely. Second up on court Four tonight will be James Duckworth, up against the American uh, Tommy Paul, who's ranked higher. Uh, come along nicely, Tommy Paul, after being sort of left behind when uh, TFO and you know, Opelka and Fritz of that young American brigade start to make their mark. And John Millman will be up against uh, Pablo Corino Busta after his uh, great US Open. So more on Roland Garros after the break. You can be a winner here at the first entries, I've got to say, have been pouring in for our Wilson giveaway competition. We launched on the show a week ago, thanks to Tennis Direct, Australia's favourite online tennis store. Fast delivery and great prices. Free delivery on orders over $150. Just visit their website, tennisdirect.com.au right now. First serve listeners can get a 10% discount store wide. Just use the promo code Serve 10 So two Wilson RG Clash 100 G3 rackets and all the accessories that go with it, and two of the Wilson RG Blade 98 rackets. So both of those value $500 each. We've got four of them to give away. So to view what is an offer, just simply head to our social media, Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Also the homepage of our website thefirstserve.com.au. You'll see what you need to do to be in contention to win. And the Wilson competition will be open for the next five weeks with the winners to be announced in November. So head to our socials or our website. We're here thanks to Top Agents Real Estate servicing all of Melbourne. If you're looking to buy, rent, sell or have that property investment managed, make contact with David and his team. We'll be back in the office tomorrow, 9, 5584599 or top-agents.com.au. It's great to have you with us Monday night here on The First Serve.
3: The First Serve, your home of tennis. Thanks to GLG Life Group, celebrating 25 years providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia. GLG, your open space specialists. GLGcorp.com.
2: Welcome back to the first serve. Brett Phillips with you. Night two of the French Open. Uh, John Bentley on the text. Do you think that Rafa will win this year's French Open and draw a level with Roger Federer on 20 Grand Slam singles titles? Well, I'm not as emphatic, uh, John. I mean, he deserves favouritism every time Roland Garros rolls around. He's won 12 and, what, 93-2 and two is the win-loss record. is quite remarkable. But he hasn't had the normal build-up. He's a little cranky about... Uh, not having the Babolat ball, which is uh, much lighter, suits uh, his big, vicious uh, forehand. A bit fluffier the Wilsons, so it'll be interesting. I mean, Djokovic, uh, apart from shooting himself in the foot in New York, has looked almost unbeatable this year. As good as it was to see Daria Gavrilova win, I'm happier about Eugenie Bouchard winning because Eugenie. Look like being a world-beater in 2014, making the semis of the French, uh, the Wimbledon final, the fourth round of the US Open, semis of the Australian Open. I want Eugenie Bouchard to finally fulfil her potential. She's very talented. I want Jenny to beat Dasher from the new president of the Genie Army. I'm not sure if you're in Melbourne or somewhere around the world, but... There's no doubt. You'll have to look at her Instagram to know that she's got a lot of support out there, Eugenie Bouchard. can be fascinating, that second round. Well, certainly billed as a potential beauty in the first round uh, between two former major champions who played an epic semi-final back in 2017. But Stan Vavrinka, having just parted with his uh, long-time coach, Magnus Norman, dispensed of Andy Murray, 616362, have prompted this from the great Mats Verlander on Eurosport quote I worry about Andy Murray giving us a false sense of hope that he's going to come back one day does he have the right to be out there taking wild cards from the younger players. Now, I read that on the surface. I think it's probably a little bit harsh. I and mean, This is an individual sport, and you can choose when you exit the game. He's had some horrific injuries with the hip, and uh, he's been an unbelievable player. If he had been in a different era, he would have had maybe eight, nine, ten majors, possibly to his name. So I think he has the right to uh, see if he can uh, get back to that sort of competitive level. Uh, a 29th birthday present for top seed women's favourite, Simona Halep, safely advancing, Katie Shikori, coming back with a big five-set win over... Uh, The great slicer, uh, GB's Dan Evans, uh, little Diego Schwartzman. You've got to love the diminuity of Argentina. After taking the scalp of Nadal and making the final of last week's Italian Open, he looks sharp, lifting my match to guys, I've got to tell you, in the very early hours. Love, one and three over the Serbian Kicmanovic. Janek Sina, we have to mention Janek Sina. For those that know your tennis well, you'd be following his rapid progress up the rankings the last two years. 19 years of age, Italian, a red-headed Italian, uh, 7 5, 6 Love, 6 3, Aston, the 11th seed, David Goffan. 75 in the rankings. He's got beautiful timing, easy power, defends the baseline so well. No doubt he is the real deal. Uh, Sasha Zverev also through to the second round. Uh, Debut Roland Garros win for the team sensation Coco Goff. And at 40, it was uh, au revoir Venus Williams who departed on day one. Give us your analysis of day one. one 736 736 Whilst all that was happening in the extraordinary year that we're in, the Hamburg clay court finals were going on. Andre Rublev... The singles champion over Stefano pass and very nice work for Piercy, John Pears, the Aussie, and his Kiwi doubles partner Michael Venus uh, winning their second title of the year. Well, last week on the show we had former Futures player Jeremy Delaney join us to lament the amount of synthetic grass courts here in Australia, and, and it's not going to aid the development of our younger players coming through, and we, I had a lot of correspondence after that, so thank you for the in-depth uh, emails that I received on the back of that chat. Plenty supporting Jeremy's view but also with another spin on it, this one. Hi, Brett, enjoy listening to your show. I'm from the Sunshine Coast. I play at various venues and centres around south-east Queensland. Synthetic grass is widely used up here, and to be honest, I quite like playing on it. However, I'm 44 and my game style is quite suitable for the surface. Uh, Most of the larger development clubs on the Sunshine Coast predominantly use hard court when coaching the more competitive junior squads. I certainly agree it would be great to have a lot more clay courts available for use. There is no doubt that ideally it would be widely more available for junior development. I think there is a place for synthetic grass in Australian club setups, but clay would also be very acceptable for senior men's tennis. Uh, Most of the worldwide ITF uh, senior events are held on clay, except in Asia where hard courts are most popular. Uh, what I'd like to see would be investment by Tennis Australia and in infrastructure. As an example, buy some lamb, uh, build, say, a six to ten clay court facility in a number of regional areas. I did mention last week on the show that we hope to have Craig Tiley, the CEO of Tennis Australia, on the show tonight, and we were given the indication that was a strong possibility, but he isn't available this week. To answer your concerns about the state of grassroots tennis in this country, when I say your, it's been a big chorus of disapproval from so many into this show, which has been aired for the greater populace to absorb and make up their own mind. As mentioned, TA have been contacted, outlining the questions to be asked, so all is uh, certainly fair that we hear both sides, and we'll keep on on that until we uh, secure that chat. Just remember this is your show 1300 736 736 to air your thoughts whichever way you lean. I'm going to get a little break away because I want to come back after the break and get stuck into what's happening here in Victoria. Just with the latest announcements by Dan Andrews yesterday, where tennis sits. We'll get a couple of different viewpoints when we come back next. Thanks to Tennis Direct Australia's favourite online tennis store fast delivery, great prices, free delivery on orders over $150 first serve listeners, 10% discount Discount store wide. Use the promo code First Serve Team when you head to their website tennisdirect.com.au. The First Serve, your home of tennis.
3: The First Serve, your home of tennis. Thanks to GLG Green Life Group, celebrating 25 years providing landscape, horticultural, and environmental services throughout Australia. GLG, your open space specialists. GLGcorp.com.
2: Welcome back to The First Serve. Uh, Brett Phillips uh, with you tonight. Well, here in Victoria, some ease of restrictions in the last 24 hours, just after the five cases today, as we're all well, fingers crossed on the back uh, stretch of COVID. We saw all the uh, Step 2 major changes revealed, including public gatherings outside with a household or a limit of five people from two households allowed outdoor personal training with a limit of two people plus the personal trainer. Public pools uh, reopening but uh, no return of tennis. Considered to be in the low risk scale of opening the mail, getting takeaway, filling up petrol, going camping, ranked by physicians from the Texas Medical Association. Understandably coaches and clubs here in Victoria are pretty frustrated and uh, experienced tennis coach uh, Stefan Woolley is of the belief that a community petition is needed to get tennis on the same footing. Stefan, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for me on, Brett. Just tell us why you think a petition is needed. Obviously Tennis Australia, Tennis Victoria have been in the background advocating uh, pretty hard, from my understanding, to try and get uh, tennis uh, back playing. We know the social distancing of tennis and the one-on-one aspect that you can have without having to open up the whole club and the club rooms, player and player or coach and player. Why do you think we need to go to a petition stage? Well,
0: I think just taking from a different or alternative route is that that's right we have lobbied very hard in terms of australia in terms victoria and, and even other clubs have been so successful getting to that stage of dan andrew even mentioning tennis in the press conference but i guess we were a bit surprised that we weren't aligned with personal training uh, with, th- with this reopening as you just mentioned so i think maybe from a community standpoint um showing that we have a covid safe plan how we're naturally socially distanced you know it will show as a, com- a community as a, uh, uh, how it actually impacts us as a whole and maybe those numbers um will might play some dividends in uh, getting us through
2: can you tell us what where that petition is at as of uh, right now?
0: Yep. So, allowed turns in Victoria during lockdown just started today, and uh, it's currently signed 566. And we want to hit at least 15,000. We believe once we start sharing it tonight, um, it will then potentially be considered by a local minister. And then hopefully the health department will come back to us and say, "Okay, we see your petition. We understand how it's safe." Now, what about your COVID-safe plans? How are these adhere to our public needs? And I think from there we have a good standpoint of um, COVID-safe plans that we already had in the last stage of what we could what we could follow. And I think if we go through it. In that, in that standpoint show, you know, we've got this situation, we have these safe plans if a club can show that they can utilise these, uh, there's no reason why we can't continue.
2: Where does that petition go exactly? What's, what's your understanding? Uh, so I think
0: the petition will be shared around social media and um, I'm just a coach, you know, but I'm here representing the sport as a whole, yep. for the physical and mental needs of coaches, children number stakeholders so I think it's not just from us, it's not just coaches, we're going to share this through our tennis community and obviously I think once families and our other people who are maybe lower stakeholders in the situation might seem to think, you know, yeah, that's right, you know, we really needs to start coming back with stage, stage three lockdown, we will realign with personal training. And if we get people spread into the tennis community and and opening a few of these clubs, you know, there's no reason why we can't continue one-on-one.
2: How tough has it been out there, Stefan? I mean, for clubs, for coaches here in Victoria. affecting a lot of people and we're not
0: trying to compare ourselves to other industries or create segregation, but we would like just tennis to realign with personal training. And and, and I've had a lot of experience and stories from people I work with as well, just, you know, our, our, it does have mental health impacts. And I think we're on the understanding standing now, you know, we're a bit sick of it because we, we know how safe we are know how we were acknowledging what uh, didn't take from granted last time how we were allowed to operate. So we believe this, you know, very small start is, is within this this stage, um, you know, the second step is safe. And believe it gets, you know, the industry starts getting back again and we also start to impact uh, the local within the five kilometres, you know, get their mental health and their physical needs starting back in a safe manner.
2: Thanks for sharing your views. Obviously, we're going to keep rolling along. We'll get the Tennis Victoria perspective in just a moment. But... But, hey, good luck out there. Thanks, Brett. Stephane Woolley, who's an experienced coach. I'll get Tennis Victoria's view in just a moment. But Lee has uh, jumped on the line at 1300 736
4: 736. day, Lee. G'day, BP. Uh, great program, as usual. Just wanted to throw something at you. I'm not sure if you've got Netflix or otherwise, but there is a show called Playbook, and it's about various coaches throughout sport in various parts of the world. And the one that captivated me last night was actually um, Serena Williams' coach. And it goes in depth uh, about his beliefs and the way he trains and practices and coaches and teaches. And he was also the coach of Magnus Pagdadis at one stage. And the one thing that really struck yep. me was tennis players versus other sportsmen around the world. And it, it really got me thinking. So I just recommend to everybody out there who's passionate about the game... Look it up, have a squeeze, and I think you'll be captivated by it.
2: So that's on Netflix now, available now?
4: Yeah, it is. It's called The Playbook, and I think he's episode three. Um, So you've got to work your way through the others. But this particular, you'll know him better than me. What was his name again, BP? Uh,
2: Patrick Moratoglu.
4: That's him, yep. Yep. Um, Absolutely. It just had me captivated, absolutely captivated. I just thought, just to alert your listeners out there, your tennis lovers, that um, jump on, have a look, and it'll really captivate you.
2: Good stuff. I'll uh, have a look. Good on you, Lee. Appreciate you uh, giving us a call, 1300 736 We're going to hopefully check in with Tennis Victoria in just a moment. I just want to read a statement that was put out today. Dear coaches, this is from the Tennis Coaches of Victoria Board. Obviously, everyone is bitterly disappointed and very surprised with the news we received last night in relation to the status of tennis coaching within this COVID-19 road map. We're all poised and very much looking forward to re-engaging with our clients and assisting their personal, emotional and social well-being. Given the significant impact we make on people's lives, we find it completely unreasonable and nonsensical that we are unable to return to the tennis court. Admittedly, we are all bewildered in regard to some of the inequities which stipulates which businesses can return and those that can't. This is an extremely important time for all coaches to support one another encourage new members uh, to the TCAV. Furthermore we understand the desire of coaches to be heard and encourage you to engage with social media with positive messages of why tennis is a COVID safe sport and beneficial for the community using the hashtag Rally for Tennis. My next guest has been in a lot of meetings over the Last a few months. She's the CEO of Tennis Victoria, Ruth Holdaway. Ruth, nice to have you back on the show.
5: Hi, Brett. How are you?
2: Yeah, going well. Been a tough time here in Victoria. You know that uh, as the, uh, the CEO, but you've been involved in a lot of meetings with uh, the government, health officials, advocating as hard as you possibly can for tennis to be uh, reinstated. It doesn't make a lot of sense, even to the layman who maybe doesn't even understand tennis. But can you just give us a feel of just the dialogue that you've had with those uh, key bodies? ultimately have the final say as we know
5: yeah of course and look i guess first i just want to say that this is tough for all of us um whether you're in sport or not you know i think this is well as we all know it's unprecedented isn't it and and with a global pandemic we're putting public health first but the impact for individuals i mean even just the personal impact for me of having moved to australia just a year ago and then finding myself six months in, being in isolation, living on my own in a new city. You know, it's it's really challenging. And I certainly never thought that I was coming over to be chief executive of Tennis Victoria and having to close tennis. That was definitely not on my agenda. So, look, it's been a a really difficult time. One of my priorities on on joining the organisation was to build strong links with state government, and that's really paid off over the last few months. Um, and certainly, in the last few weeks, so I think probably um, what what will be helpful for people to understand is that we have spent hours literally hours, in meetings with government and Just to give you a feel for that yeah. um, there 's a weekly meeting that we take part in which is led by Vic Sport, which is an organization that we belong to and represents all of the sports in Victoria. So we're on that call with all of the other sports. And, and the goal there is really to find alignment and, um, you know, we're stronger when we speak together. So where we can find our common interests, we've got the best um, opportunity for... Advocating with government, but then I'm also part of a smaller group that's been meeting roughly fortnightly with the community sports minister, Minister Spence, and we've been talking directly to her. And then I've also had lots of conversations one to one with the head of sport and rec, Victoria um so that's the department of government that looks after sports and recreation they also have someone who is leading on their covid planning and i've I've spoken a lot with her and also with individuals in minister spencer's team as well so there's been a huge amount of work going on and I know um, Stefan, who was on earlier, has obviously acknowledged that clearly that's the case because tennis was called out specifically, and tennis is very much front of mind, I think, as a non-contact sport. We had felt very positive last week. We certainly felt that, you know, we'd made the case. We know that tennis is a physically distanced sport. Hmm. We also know from... The last kind of, we had the first lockdown, and then we had a reopening, and then we sort of slowly went into more lockdowns. But tennis was able to be open for, a, you know, a long time. was was reopened very safely. Um, we were praised for the guidelines that we've created, and we know that all of our clubs, our volunteers and our coaches, and those running our associations have been really vigilant putting covid plan- safe plans together, following the guidelines. So we, we're really confident that we've got strong evidence that, you know, we can do this and we can do it really well and as safely as is possible in a global pandemic. Um, we've also made the case i know that the really difficult thing for coaches i think is that comparison with personal trainers and i'm this is the biggest message that i'm getting from coaches is well why can personal trainers train two people and we can't when we're equally physically distant from our clients Hmm. and the truth is that i have asked for You know, clear answers around why that decision has been made. We respect that decisions, difficult decisions, have to be made. I think it's important to say that we work directly with sport and recreation, and sport and recreation then have to work, as does every other Department of Government, to make their case to the Department of Health. And this is a health issue. It's not a sport issue or an industry issue. These decisions are made on the basis of public health. And yes, there's a balancing of You know other i mean i would argue strongly that sports are really important um health prevention investment by a government and we you know we need sport for our our health and our, our mental well-being our physical health and our mental well-being but ultimately Yeah, it's the Department of Health and Human Services that makes final decisions about what will happen at each stage of a relaxing of restrictions or each step as it is now.
2: People, I think, absolutely, I think people understand that. You can understand the frustration. I mean, this is livelihoods and health and well-being of people. It is is really frustrating. But what you're you're saying to me tonight is, maybe I can say, I mean, the the government from this point is not going to I don't think uh, they've gone uh, this far. It doesn't make sense compared to uh, some other things that are allowed, but a lot of things during COVID haven't made a lot of sense about what we can and can't do and allowed, and people have debated that uh, to the cows come home. But do you think any chance that tennis, in further discussions you may have this week, I know you're having a chat with uh, TCAV and their board, is, do you think there's any chance that tennis can be possibly fast-tracked uh, before uh, the next sort of deadline steps, if you like? I would
5: say two things about that one is that we will do everything we can to continue to advocate for tennis to open and we will make all of the cases around safety and um, you know training and so on Um, but the second issue is we're also looking at the next step because we know that that will be when cases are low enough and you know if you look at what happened in regional Victoria we moved through the steps much quicker than had been anticipated so It's equally possible that we'll move fairly quickly into the next step. So as well as thinking about, well, what can we do now? It's also really important that we get Mm. tennis very clearly lined up for step three. So... Look, I I can't predict what the government will decide. These are tough decisions that that the health department has to make. And I respect those decisions. But we will continue, as I say, to advocate for tennis to restart. And we'll support the coaches in the meantime as best we can.
2: Ruth, uh, thank you for your take We're getting towards the back end Hopefully Tennis Club's going to reopen I walk past uh, the beautiful Grace Park uh, Tennis Club most days It's not good, empty We need people out on the tennis court But we've got to get there uh, and follow the steps Uh, Appreciate you coming on and uh, we'll talk soon
5: Thank you, thanks very much
2: Ruth Holdaway, the CEO of Tennis Victoria A break, we'll uh, come back with more here on The First
3: Serve The First Serve, your home of tennis Thanks to GLG Green Life Group Celebrating 25 years providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia. GLG, your open space specialists. GLGCorp.com.
2: Well, we always refer to Kooyong as the spiritual home of Australian tennis. I love going there for a hit, catching up with uh, people for a bite to eat. I'm having uh, Kooyong withdrawals I've got to say. Uh, What is the latest? Uh, The President, Peter Carew, joins us uh, tonight. Peter, I do apologise we meant to get to you earlier. Just the extension of the building, we know there's been refurbishments going on, of course additional car parking. Has that all sort of progressed normally in terms of that reconstruction during this COVID period? Um, Evening
6: Brett, yes. um, We've
2: slowed down like uh, it it was a major building,
6: so only 25% of the um, workforce could um, continue working when we went into the second lockdown. So that did slow us down. We, we had hoped to have our handover in late December in time for the Kuyong Classic, but it's, uh, it's looking more like February when it's all done and dusted. And just in, in terms of what we're doing there, it, it's quite a, a significant extension. We're extending our clubhouse Mm. up to and almost into the stadium, um, adding some um, squash show courts, um, more entertaining facilities, doubling the size of our gym. And um, we put in a two-way road under the building and beside the stadium um, to feed into the car park because we've always been concerned about the... the level crossing on our eastern boundary, the railway line, what they're going to do there. And as you'd be aware, there's been um, a um, a, a business plan being put up by the federal government to investigate what they're going to do there. So that's um, another one of the threats that the board's been dealing with over the last um, six or eight months.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You made the call early on the Keon Classic. It it makes sense. We're going to have an Australian Open, we know. Quick background? It
6: it had to be. we, We knew the players would be kept in a bubble for us the Kuyong Classic, it's a a showcase of our club. It's an experience. Without the people, there's really no experience. And um, when you can't fill stands and you can't enjoy the ambience of the club because of social distancing, it ended up being a no-brainer. And we're so lucky, Media Pro and our sponsor, AgbioIn, all said... Look, let's write off 2021. We'll see you again in another year.
2: Makes a lot of sense. It was a great event uh, earlier this year to be involved in. I think when people go back to Kooyong, when this whole uh, redevelopment is done, it's just going to go to another level. It's um, one of the the great iconic parts of Australian tennis. uh, Just going to Kooyong, it is uh, absolutely beautiful. Pete, I promise we'll do a longer chance. Look forward to having you there, Brett. A little bit down the track. Thank you very much. Peter Carew, the president at uh, Kooyong. It's raining in Paris. We've only got action under the roof on uh, Philippe Chatrier, so the Aussies might be delayed a little bit tonight. All thanks to Tennis Direct, Australia's favourite online tennis store. Fast delivery, great prices, free delivery on orders over $150. Visit tennisdirect.com.au right now. 10% off.
3: Subscribe to The First Serve via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or your preferred podcast platform to listen at your convenience to the live shows you miss on a Monday night. Plus our weekly themed podcast content, including Aussies Only, Crunching the Numbers and In the Huddle produced by Study and Play USA. Plenty of content to listen to weekly. Subscribe to The First Serve, your home of tennis.